Hey there, this is Ben Currier, self-proclaimed world's number one failure. In this podcast, we'll learn about the hardest moments my guests faced and the failures they endured on their path towards making it. I hope you enjoy. Hey there, friends of failure, and welcome to this week's episode of the Failure Guy podcast. I am here with none other than Elijah Desmond, a.k.a. DJ Smiles, a.k.a. the coolest guy I know. <laughs> How, are How are you? I'm good. How are you? I am unbelievable. Love and life. Yes. Life is life. Where are you, where are you now? Because I know you like uh, do a lot of traveling. Yeah, so I, uh, I just got back from Port Savarza, actually nice um just a few days ago uh right now i am in sunny florida i'm home in west palm beach wellington to be exact and uh, i don't take off again until egypt here in a couple weeks sweet um yeah what are you doing in egypt i'm actually doing a a conference called safari and smiles and i'm djing um uh, i'm also speaking to a hospital uh or uh Orphan uh, hospital of orphans. So it's a whole bunch of little, um, a bunch of little kids. Um, my my demographic when I'm speaking internationally is typically high school kids, but they asked me to speak to a hospital, so I'm like, yeah, I'm in. I'll do it. So I speak there. Um, I'll tour Egypt. I'll DJ a, a gig while I'm there. I'll go on a cruise, and then I fly to Cancun to MC and DJ another big event in uh in Cancun. So right from Egypt. <laughs> So it sounds like you're living the life. Um, what I like to do at the beginning of the show, before we talk about like failures and whatnot, is to give uh, you a chance for a uh, shameless brag, like really just inflate yourself before we, we do a little bit of the deflating. So I figured you could talk about the things you've done, maybe anything that you're particularly proud of uh, before we talk about some of the harder times. Sure. Um, it's very difficult to do that. Shameless brag. Um, that's not- yeah, you have to. There's no, there's no getting around it. You, <laughs> you, sh- you impressed me quite a lot in person, but you can, uh, with your words, impress people however you like. Oh man, that's that's a very difficult. Um, <laughs> so uh, I guess that is the hardest question I've ever had in my life to do a shameless brag. It's totally not my style. Um, so you're gonna have to prompt me here. Pump uh, yourself up. What what kind of what are your accomplishments? Let's hear like yeah, a, I mean, some yeah, big... yeah, absolutely. So I mean, my biggest thing is is speaking for kids. So I'm a motivational speaker. I speak all over the world for kids. And um, you know, the biggest the biggest thing for me is being able to change somebody's life where you have no idea who they are and they have no idea who you are. You go in their life and you change it and you leave. You'll never see them again. And that's really my why and my my purpose. And, um, and then I happen to have started about, you know, 20 businesses, uh, by the way, I, I failed miserably on about six of them. <laughs> That's a pretty good rate though. Um, but yeah, I started over 20 businesses. Um, I've wrote, uh, a book called serial entrepreneur from startup to success. I wrote the book, uh, with the intention of, um, inspiring kids because I actually have a learning disability, which we may or may not talk about. And it's, I, I can I can read you a book, but I can't tell you what I read you. And mm. I never read a book all through um, school, through elementary. And I tested into college at 15 years old. I got a full ride scholarship to Ohio State University. And um, I wanted to talk about business. So I wrote a book 
And uh, it was pretty cool that the book made bestseller, Amazon bestseller. And um, it was one of those things where you're really embarrassed to tell the world something and then you finally tell them and you feel like it set you free. And mm-hmm. uh, so I ended up uh, telling the world that I actually have had authors from all over send me um send me books and I've never been able to read them. So whenever I announced this book, I announced that I had a uh, learning disability and I brought a suitcase to the stage and the suitcase that I brought to the stage had all these books in it. And I gave out the books that everybody sent to me. (laughs) But uh, Uh, what would you classify the learning disability as? It's learning, it's reading comprehension. Okay, because I have the same thing. I can't read a book for the life of me. At least I have ADHD, so I'll read a whole page and I'll read every word, but I will have comprehended zero of it. Yeah, but audiobooks were my savior because I could actually listen to it. This book right here, Greatest Salesman in the World from uh-huh. 1956. I've had this for over a year and I'm at like page 58 right now out of like 100. Yeah, I cannot finish a book for the life of me. So Spark Notes, Cliff Notes. That was my jam in school. And then like you, I'll listen to a book and then I'll buy the book and I'll find someone who actually reads and I'll go, you should read this book. I read it. Trust me. Even though this is increased at all. And it seems like no one read this. Right. I read it. I read it for sure. I could tell you everything about it, except <laughs> uh, what page one was on. <laughs> right. Yep. A- a- absolutely. I'm very similar. I have ADD. And uh, I remember getting pulled out of the kids classroom you know in first grade second grade third grade and going to the special kids trailer and having like eyes burning me from like all sides and and, like everybody i feel like everybody was looking at me and watching me and i knew i was going there to try to improve my reading well that never happened (laughs) Uh, and i ended up getting into a school um called saint clement's and when I changed districts, when I moved and somehow I beat the system, I didn't go to the special kids. Um, <laughs> the special well, that's kids good. Yeah, yeah, I've seen you. Uh, there's a full valet that we dodged. You know how to seem to weave your way in, <laughs> in and out of situations. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So I'm sure you you figured out the way to, you know, navigate that because you pretty seem like like what you lacked in read, reading skills and reading comprehension. You made up for in uh, social skills and uh, learning how to read people. I was forced to. I was. So I mean, I was people for- instead of books. That's nice. Yes, absolutely. I can communicate well with people, and um, and also not judge people as well. I feel like I was judged as a kid, right? And mm-hmm. it's like, no, don't look at me as a kid who has a learning disability, right? Um, mm-hmm. Don't treat me a certain way just because of this. Yeah. <laughs> and um, I was able to pivot and like. You know, look, if you can't read, then you got to get really good at communicating. And I communicated with teachers really well. A lot of people think that teachers, they don't want to see you succeed. And it's not the truth. Like, they totally want to see you win. Like, it looks good on them if you have, like, A grades and you test good. That's the point of what they do. I mean, that's that makes them look good. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. The opposite, they feel like they're messing up. Right. So they, they taught me how to get through, how to get by. And, and it was, like, simple stuff. like. On the top right-hand corner of a lot of textbooks, you're going to see a a little box that says, things you should know, (laughs) right? And there's these things called bold words. Yep, you should know them and their their definitions. 
And then there's mm-hmm. tests. There's tests at the end of every every uh, book, and those tests are essentially um, seeing if you comprehended or you learned all the stuff in the book. I pay attention in class uh, when I could. And I took the test, the things that I got wrong in the test, I would go look them up and I can read a couple sentences and, and get it right. I can look up something. It's just when I get into the flow of letting my mind go anywhere, it's it's game over. I can't figure it out. So I basically got a, I got a 4.0 um, leading all the way up to my uh, end of my sophomore year, which is when I tested into college early and I never read a book. I went all through college. I never read a book. I read one book. I think it was of Mice and Men, and it was a summer reading book, so I had a lot of time. But um, I'm the same way as you, except I went into the math and science thing because you didn't need to read as much. You just need to be good with math. I was good at numbers, (laughs) but I couldn't. uh, English class sucked. Hated it. Um, Hated having to write papers. I'd phone it in at the last minute. I mean, I could could BS a a paper pretty good, but I would do it in the last minute, and I, I don't remember any book that I actually finished uh, in school, I, we have to memorize some stuff. And maybe I read most of Beowulf or something, but I didn't understand that damn thing that was happening in that, especially the older a book it is like the, the comprehension goes down. Cause it's like a it's old as shit. So I got to comp, I got to like translate it to myself. And then also I'm not at all enthused. So I think, uh, you know, the ADHD definitely was a big piece of it, but I didn't get diagnosed till uh, probably in my 20s. Mm-hmm. But I did good. I mean, I got good grades as well. So I just thought like, oh, well, I'm cruising. Everything's fine. I must be smart. And then uh, you get into the real world and you're like, oh, shoot. I got to like do real work. Yeah. And I thought I was, uh, I thought I did all the work. Because like when I was growing up, my stepdad did a lot of uh, manual labor. And he said, basically, you could pay now and play later which is what he was telling me to do with like pay now, do your schoolwork, play later when you're older. He did the play now when he was a kid and then paid later because he didn't do the schooling, but he didn't realize that, well, he didn't experience the other way and you don't get to play. You just get to keep paying, but working for the man uh, and making more money. But still, I was like, when do I get to play? It's playtime. Yeah, my (laughs) my, my model has always been play now, and play later. Oh, play often. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I like that. Yeah. Cause it seems like you basically get to go do what you want these days. How'd you, uh, how'd you go from, you know, uh, basically however you started out with your journey of testing out of college and, and getting through that earlier than usual. It sounded like you said at 15, you had already 15 gotten hours. your way. Yeah. 15. I was, um, I started college. Yes. And I was six, crazy. Years, yeah, six, six years in at 21, I graduated, moved to Hawaii. Wow. And then now it seems like you just do whatever you want. You go all over the world doing crazy stuff, playing music and also uh, yeah. motivationally speaking. That's yeah. Perfect. Actually, I mean, when you, you say that, you know, sometimes you don't realize what you're doing until you're in it. And so you say that, like you just said that I'm like, dang, I do have a pretty fucking good life right now excuse my french yeah no you're good you can swear as much as you want but also yeah even just the taste of it i got a podcast i was like damn he must be living it up yeah absolutely i mean i i do play hard and i and i played hard back then and i still play hard now i don't even believe in work to be honest um same when when something is like yeah when something's like really like it stresses me out or it doesn't bring me extreme joy 
Mm-hmm. I just don't do it. It, it, it. Now, let me just tell you, it wasn't always like that, though. I had, of course, to, yeah. yeah. I had to teach myself. I had to build build my following. I had to, you know, build my brand. And the thing is, like, after I built it big enough, because of the way I built it, I was able to do anything. And when I say the way I built it, I built it on my authentic self, on me just being real. It, it wasn't like I had to strategize. It was me being me, doing what I want to do. And then mm-hmm. all of a sudden, I found myself in a situation where it's like, I can do anything. And that was an issue. Like, well, for me, that took forever. It took 20 years and took a pandemic to grow a beard before I realized uh, I could actually have some confidence. Because before the beard, I tell you, it's it, it was life-changing in terms of like being on camera and stuff. But also, even just, I mean, I went to school for accounting. It's like the stereotypical comedian's boring job joke. You know, it's like it was the exact opposite of the life I wanted to live. And then also I got fired from every job I've had since graduating college, which is six for six. So uh, they're also like, we don't want you get, get out of here. And I'm like, all right, sixth time. Sure. That's plenty. I'll, I'll finally go be my own self and be an entrepreneur, but, uh, or do my own thing. But I, uh, I really, I'm glad they all fired me because I, I would still be working at one of those companies and I'd rather do anything else, to be honest. Right. Yeah. I, I remember my last job working for somebody. They told me to put put my cell phone away. Like put it in the locker each day when you come to work. <laughs> all day? Yeah. Like until lunch break. Yep. Oh, man. But, That's crazy. Yeah. Put your put your cell phone away. And the the thought of having my phone locked up and not like I love adulting right mm-hmm. adulting includes my phone in my hand oftentimes yeah what if someone needs you needs right. to reach you and within the same week they asked me um didn't you just go to the bathroom like 10 or 15 minutes ago like oh man actually I, I did and do you want to know what I ate last night I hate micromanaging to the nth degree <laughs> I it's the most annoying thing it makes me physically retract yep from the work Yep, exactly. So at the end of the day, I'm like, you know what? This is not for me. Nobody can tell me what to do. And I was the same way in high school too. Like mm-hmm. the only thing I would get in trouble for is talking. I get paid for that now. <laughs> um, That's nice. But but like I wasn't a bad kid. I just, I talked, but at the end of the day, I did not like rules at all. I hated mm-hmm. rules. And I also hate having to show up when you, when I knew like I didn't need to show up to get the good grade. Right. I didn't need to show up to listen to somebody like go on and on about something I really could care less about. And that was like awesome for me to to be able to test out of high school because I didn't like when I signed up for college, I didn't go to class all the time. I mean, I did go to class, but like if I wanted to skip, I'd skip class and I would still do good. Yeah. You know, um, I like I like creating rules that are flexible. Do you think you have oppositional defiance disorder? Uh, I just found out about that like from Keiko Tay earlier this week, and I'm like, I definitely have that. That sounds yeah, about right. It sounds like right. I don't like I don't like being uh, put rules upon me. I don't like being micromanaged. I don't like being told what to do, especially if it's the wrong thing, especially if it's like there the thing go. that makes no sense. <laughs> like I'll take good advice, but I will not do the same stupid thing at work every day just because you don't want to think of as smarter way to do this you know yeah it's awesome actually in in my businesses that i own i actually have a um one of our core values 
is beautiful minds. And beautiful mm-hmm. minds means that everyone here has a beautiful mind and you're expected to use it. And that doesn't mean follow rules. That means create things, be creative, do things that we're not doing right now, change, evolve, use your beautiful mind. And that is a very big core value. I don't mm-hmm. micromanage at all. Like my micromanaging is just not, if anything, like I'm like hands people, off. I'm hands off. And I think that I don't think, I know they, they love it because I'm, yeah. they're their own boss. They're called an entrepreneur. Mm. Right. And they're able to work within the business and use their mind and create. And some people don't have the ability to create It's This is how you do it. Because I said, so you don't have questions. You come nine, you leave at five. And yeah. that's that. And I don't believe in that. I believe in creativity. I believe in freedom. Um, I believe in treating people like they're their own bosses. We just work together, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, it's uh, some people need that blueprint and the, all the rules laid out for them, but uh, that's definitely not, uh, you or me, I'd say, or I can't stand it. Uh, but I've always struggled. Like I was like, okay, well, I got a master's in business and all this other stuff. How do I do anything creative? That's going to make me not have to go back to corporate America. So I'm finally glad that like this ridiculous um, world's number one failure thing is finally paying off, which if I become successful that way, I'm like, it's just, I'm going to die laughing. So it's <laughs> the fact that I've got some things going well at the moment um is uh, atypical for the failure guy so um uh, podfest was a huge part of it honestly because it's one thing knowing people online and stuff but when you start meeting people in real life and you get to see them and hang out with them and stuff uh i've formed some really good relationships that have uh resulted in some cool things and i am excited to do more of that type of, type of thing that was my first public speech unless you count like two people at a microsoft store I taught Excel too, like, and I marketed the hell out of it, but nobody came. So, um, yeah, that was, uh, that was a big deal for me. And, uh, I'm looking forward to doing more of it because it, it, in, in that moment or whatever, in the five minutes of the Pikachu, Pikachu, I could say, Pikachu speech, um, lasted, like, I don't really remember it. It was just like a blur because it was so in the moment kind of thing, you know? Rather than yeah. some people who are like focusing on everybody who's and what everyone's thinking. And like, if people are leaving, it's like, I don't even know what anybody did at all yeah. the entire time because I was just in my own zone. That's awesome. A lot of people black out when they speak. <laughs> that's, 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 that's normal. And uh, that has to do with uh, anxiety being anxious. Um, and it also has to do with, you know, essentially uh, the number one fear in the world and that's public speaking. But after you're done, it is the best feeling ever to know that your word, even if it was one person, that your word mm-hmm. resonated yeah. with at least one person and you made an impact. It's the best feeling in the world. And uh, fortunately, I don't black out. Well, so I didn't black out, to be clear. I was focused on what I was saying so much that I didn't focus on anything else. I just made sure my message was getting across. And so I was not, I mean, some people laughed. I had commented on it and stuff like that, but it more like I wasn't focusing on how they were receiving it. I was making yeah. sure I was delivering because only 15 seconds a slide yeah. for five minutes. I was like, I got to make sure I'm hitting all these points. And if I'm not, uh, I'm going to lose traction. So, uh, so like, it was more like it was over before it started. It was so quick, but I was present for it all. It's just more like some, a lot of people gave me advice like, Oh, well, don't worry if people are leaving because they're probably just going to the bathroom or something. And I'm like, 
<laughs> I have no idea what anyone did because I was too busy focusing on making sure I was nailing my yep. speech. Yes. Yeah, I, so, I, I totally understand. Yeah. So I'm looking forward to more of that kind of thing, especially when I got a little bit more time to develop it and stuff like that. But um, uh, what? so what's you started out with the serial entrepreneur book. Is that the, your first entry into like trying to do motivational speaking and stuff or did it come after the fact? No, way before. Um, so I started speaking in 2003, uh, two years mm -hmm. before I graduated high school and te teaching kids essentially how I 13 years old. Is that what you're saying? No, this is this so is you graduated high school at 15 and started college. So I so I started college at 15. Yeah. I graduated two years later from high school with two years of college done. I went to college full time. I didn't go to high school at all. Only time I, I went to know. yeah, the only that was time a I thing. Yep. The only time I went to high school is uh when I went back for sports, which is a whole nother major failure story. <laughs> mm -hmm. Um, <laughs> um it's, so it's, but anyways, uh, I started speaking at 15 years old when I tested into college. That's whenever I started speaking and I got addicted to, to it. Uh, <laughs> I got addicted to it. This is because the impact and I was pretty good at it, but at over time, my story started getting better. I started getting yeah. requested at, at more places. I went and hired a speaking coach and then I went to a master class and then I went to a, got another speaking coach and I kept doing it and perfected the art. And um, I just became addicted to essentially changing people's lives. And it was a good feeling. And then I made a strong pivot. And um, I started emceeing and, yeah. and DJing. Yeah. And I've been, you know, I've been on the receiving end of your emceeing and DJing. And it's it's also great. So you kind of doubled down or at least had uh, you're a multi hyphenate, as they say, Yes. You just give me the microphone. Right. And I'll, I'll run with it. So for me, like I'm in the corporate world, I'm in the high school world, and I'm also in the dental world. Okay. Mm -hmm. And I have brought up so many influence. I've created influence. I am like a, like a talent agent. I can see somebody that's gifted <laughs> and I, and I basically take him under my wing and say, here's a shortcut to the top. I have, yeah. I have no interest in being at the top. Here's a shortcut to the top. And I brought up so many speakers that are, are now major keynotes that I felt selfish stealing their keynote. And I'll say stealing because anytime a meeting planner came up to me and they say, I would love to have you speak, I would have you be our opening keynote. And I would say, yes, when I got on the stage, I was stealing somebody else's keynote. I was stealing an opportunity is how I oh, felt. Interesting. I felt, I felt really bad as if how am I going to bring up so many people as speakers and as influencers and then... I take the stage. It, 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 did, it didn't make sense to me. So that's when I thought, you know what? My favorite part of speaking is the walk-on song and the walk-off <laughs> song and the hype. What if I can create that environment for those around me who are taking the stage and give them the stage and empower them and make it the yeah. best experience they ever had because there's no better thing than a really good start to something and a really good ending to something. And if I can create that, they don't even have to. That means the world. So I, so I, that's when I started emceeing and I was like obsessed. Like, it's so fun. You get to meet so many really cool people. You don't have to feel mm -hmm. like you're taking the stage from anybody and you're elevating and empowering them. And yeah, you're doing the opposite. You're giving them, a, you're staging them up. You're like raising the stage. Exactly. And so I create those environments at events for people, essentially. 
And then I leveled it up another notch. I went back to school to Scratch Academy for two and a half years, and I became a professional scratch DJ and um, and a battle, a battle DJ. And so I've been doing DJ battles, you know, now through the academy. Like most people don't even play once at Scratch Academy. They're not going out and playing. I, I was actually on tour, have 46 foot tour bus going all over the country, literally learning as I went. And instead of going to the stage and saying, hey, everybody, you know, before I play for you today, I'm going to let you know I am the best. There is nobody better. Like I am the best DJ. I wouldn't do that. I'd do the opposite. I'd say, hey, everybody. Oh, okay, good. Yeah. Hey, everybody, just let you know, this is my first time. And I might mess <laughs> up two, three, maybe five times and just give me some grace. And uh, But I'm going to do my best for you and I'm going to show up tonight for you. What happened is, is I would get on stage and I would start DJing and all of a sudden the, the beat, like I'd accidentally bump like the, you know, one of the, the, the switches and it would be like, er, no music, silent. And I'm like, Oh my God, that was my stomach. That was my belly. <laughs> Move the thing over. Or like, Oh my gosh. Or the thing would start repeating. I'm like, Oh my gosh, how am I echoing? And I don't know how to get the echo off, but here's the thing. Instead of everybody running from the, the dance floor and like flicking me off or being unhappy talking mess, they chanted for me. They cheered on, they cheered for me. Yeah, they wanted to succeed. They wanted yeah. me to succeed. And I was able to essentially grow from that. Now, if I went on the opposite end, I was like, I'm the best. It's nobody better. Like, people are going to leave. Like, you're, dude, you're You're exactly on my vibe because, first of all, obviously the number one failure thing is trying to put myself underneath. But I have a DJ name. I have a domain name. And it's djunqualified.com. <laughs> because so awesome. i don't want to set expectations that it's going to be good at all yeah and uh and that's what i think is the best when you lower the expectations they want you to do well but also like you know you're not setting yourself up for failure it's like when someone tells you like oh i have the funniest story to tell you oh you just ruined it because i'm now not going to laugh <laughs> because i'm going to be waiting for the funniest story ever and there's no chance that you're going to hit that exactly and you know a lot of people they suffer from imposter syndrome a lot, yes. a lot of people. And I fortunately have never had to deal with that. The reason why is because I just keep it real. So you don't have to mm -hmm. like fake something if you just keep it real. Like if I was like, oh my gosh, DJ Khaled is like the ultimate DJ or wh whoever it may be, you know, whoever it may be. Unqualified, DJ unqualified is the best. Yes. So if you, <laughs> if you just keep it <laughs> right, if you just keep it real and you're like, yeah. this is who I am and what I aspire to do. I am going to Scratch Academy to improve, right? I am yeah. not perfect, but I will try to be my best. If you do that and just keep it real, you don't got to have no type of imposter syndrome because you're just keeping it real. You're telling yeah. people what you aspire to do and how you're going to get better. You're not faking it and until mm -hmm. you make it. I don't believe in faking until you make it personally. Dude, I, I say in every episode, you'll yeah. find out later. But yeah, it's <laughs> one of my things because I don't. And you'll get the other version later. But um, you're weirding me out right now with all the same uh, similarities. <laughs> uh, I'll just tell you right now. Instead of fake it till you make it, I say fail it till you nail it. Because yeah. you got to just do stuff over and over again. You can, faking it is the worst way to do it. Because then you're going to have imposter syndrome built right into it. Absolutely. And I, I believe in failing. I believe in failing. And it's not really a true failure if you get back up. Like the best times, the best things that have ever came from me and any of my successes, you can pretty much guarantee it came right after a back up against the wall, failure. 
I have no other freaking, I, I have to get out of this. And it was because my back was against the wall or I was yeah. in bed for three days and I was depressed. I was at rock bottom and like mm-hmm. I needed to get out. And like, as soon as that happens, as soon as you start breaking out, the momentum after the rock bottom is something that's just unexplainable. But like, I feel failure is good. I've been humbled so many times in my career. I can't even explain. And it's good. Like I, when I'm on a high, I already know in the back of my head, okay, something is going to happen. Somebody's going to jump in front of me. <laughs> Somebody's going to make me wreck, but I'm going to be okay. <clears throat> yeah. I also realized during this entire journey, it's very important to have multiple income streams because That's one true. of them is destined to fail. Maybe it's temporary. Maybe it's not, mm-hmm. but something is going to fail. And if you don't have backups, that's why I say seven sources of income. That's true. If you don't have backups in your plan, then you're going to be in a situation you don't want. Ask me how I know. <laughs> how do you know? Because <laughs> I have been there, right? I have I have owned big, huge events pre-pandemic, right? On cruise <laughs> ships that went like, like this, right? I have essentially created a lot of things that that just failed. And if there was no other thing that I had as a backup that I could turn the volume up on, I would have been mm-hmm. screwed. Yeah. But also like you learn. So one of my things is like when you do reach some success or have a good moment, you can usually trace it back to that initial failure and be like, well, if I didn't fail, then I wouldn't have succeeded now. So you can kind of like celebrate that failure when yeah. you hit that success based on it. Cause you're like, Oh, I learned the hard way. Now I didn't use my belly to bump the thing or whatever the, the yeah. you know, scenario might be. But you're wildly on point with a lot of my stuff with having probably never listened to any of my uh, episodes. So I'm, uh, I'm, um, your vibe attraction. Picking up, vibe. I'm picking up what you're putting down, you know? Uh, yeah. Because it's, uh, it's a necessary part and people don't talk about it. They don't even want to talk about it. They don't want to learn from it, but I hope they do that. My, my really two f- forms of failure that I would say are like actual failures is if you experience it and you don't learn anything from it, you like kind of purge it from your memory instantly. That would be a failure. And then if you don't do something out of fear of failure, that's also an yeah. actual failure. Anything else is just learning. Yeah, absolutely. And the only thing that I purge in life is negative people. Mm, yeah, get those out of there. Yeah. So that's the, that's the only thing I purge. And I, I live in a, I live in a positive bubble. Yeah. Um, I don't ever get into uh, controversial things, especially online or even with people. I avoid that. I avoid it like the plague. I don't, you know, get into, <clears throat> I, I never got into the um, LGBTQT um, situation, the conversation. <laughs> I, never, I never got into the black lives matter situation. Yeah. And there's one, and, and the only reason why is one thing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Because I blanket all because I have one core value that supersedes everything, and it's kindness. Right. If you are kind to everyone, <laughs> yes. If you, yes. If you, yes. If you are kind, you have that right in your hands. Hilarious. If you're I'm holding up a sign says be kind. Yes. If you are kind to everyone, then that supersedes all, right? You get rid of the whatever movement, you get rid of anything if you're just kind to people. If you treat everybody with yeah. respect and you do things with kindness, that's all that matters. And you know, a lot of times people say, well, people don't believe in what I'm doing or they don't agree with it or they don't understand me. Who cares? 
do you like do what you're going to do, do the best, follow your dreams. As long as you don't step on other people and just be kind to everybody. Yeah. Just be kind of, because some people aren't going to understand you. A lot of people say you should do this or you should do that. Well, listen, you're not me and I'm not you. People Mm -hmm. learn better by saying in my experience, this is what I did for six months, for 12 months, for 12 years. And this was the outcome, good or bad. So people should start using Gestalt, which is a German philosophy that's essentially experience sharing instead of telling people what they should do, because we all live in a different body. We all had different pasts. We'll all have different Mm -hmm. futures. And so I try to steer away from that. You shoulds. Yeah. Um, I want, I'm really tempted to read uh, the light is so bad in here with the sunlight, (laughs) but the greatest salesman in the world. I really want to read a little bit of this to you because I think you'll like it. I read it on the podcast that I was a guest on, but I haven't read it on my own yet. So real quick, this is um, the greatest salesman in the world written in 1956. Um, I'm just going to read a couple paragraphs because I think you'll like it because it's all about how kindness just cuts through all the bullshit and basically you you know you can't defend against it if uh you'll see i will greet this day with love in my heart for this is the greatest secret of success in all ventures muscle can split a shield and even destroy life but only the unseen power of love can open the hearts of men and women and until i master this art i will remain no more than a peddler in the marketplace i will make love my greatest weapon and none on whom i can call will defend against its force my reasoning they may counter my speech they may distrust my apparel they may disapprove, my face they may reject, and even my bargains may cause them suspicion. Yet my love will melt all hearts like into the sun whose rays soften the coldest clay. I will greet this day with love in my heart. And how will I do this? Henceforth will I look on all things with love, and I will be born again. I will love the sun, for it warms my bones. Yet I will love the rain, for it cleanses my spirit. I will love the light, for it shows me the way. Yet I will love the darkness, for it shows me the stars. I will welcome happiness, for it enlarges my heart, yet I will endure sadness, for it opens my soul. I will acknowledge rewards, for they are my due, yet I will welcome obstacles, for they are my challenge. I will greet this day with love in my heart. And how will I speak? I will applaud my enemies, and they will become friends. I will encourage my friends, and they will become brothers and sisters. Always will I dig for reasons to applaud. Never will I scratch for excuses to gossip. When I'm tempted to criticize, I will bite my tongue. And when I'm moved to praise, I will shout from the rooftops. Is it not so that birds, the wind, the sea, and all nature speaks with music for praise of their creator? Can I not speak the same music to his children? Henceforth will I remember this secret and it will change my life. I will greet this day with love in my heart. And it continues on. Again, I haven't finished this book. But the point is, if people can see that you've come from a place of love, there's really nothing they can do to stop you i mean i mean they can they can just reject you but that doesn't mean you're going to stop doing what you're doing exactly and that's that is literally the life of my career it's crazy because a lot of people are very misunderstood especially if you're outspoken you're loud usually if you're loud right if you're if you're loud Mm -hmm. they hear you they hear you but they Mm -hmm. don't see you right yeah it's called misunderstood and it's crazy because i have industry right now like i feel like Mm -hmm. overall i have industry of acceptance when I say industry acceptance, I mean, 95% of people they accept, but there's five people that are either jealous or they just misunderstood. But before, when I first jumped in, I felt like I had 5% acceptance, but I kept doing the same thing. All right. I went into a room 
and I sung a song. I had the same tone. I didn't literally sing, but you know what I'm saying? I played my music, played it on the same radio station, played it on the same volume, didn't change, and, and people's heads were down. And so, so I'm like, man, man, am I in the wrong room? So I went to another room. In that other room, I played the same music, the same tone, didn't raise the volume whatever, heads down. And I'm like, I kept going to these rooms and no, but nobody's head would go up. So I felt like, you know, not even 5% were on my team or for me. So I decided mm-hmm. to create my own room. I created my own room and all of a sudden there was so many people in that room. It started filling up. And it was a lot of those people that came from the other room into my room. And when they came into that room, they were clapping, their head was up, they were smiling. And it was a, a, a aha moment for me because I understood that I didn't have to turn up the music. I didn't have to change my station, change my vibe. I didn't have to change my tone. I had to just remain myself. And a lot of people see you when you don't even think they see you. So I went into this room and I taught people how to create their own rooms. The difference is between this room and the other rooms that I had been in is I tell them to create it with no door. So people can come in and out. They can come in and out with with freedom. Now, the hard part now is that every single room that I go into, people's heads up, they're clapping. I don't know who's for me, who's not for me. It's It's the most difficult thing. And so I can think like, who is not for me? Who's the 5%? Or I could focus on the 95%. And Definitely add as much value you should do. and kindness and light. <laughs> so a lot of people, they're 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 they go into situations and they just don't trust somebody until they earn their trust. I trust everybody until they break my trust. Me too. And it's I've been broken. It's been broken quite a lot, but I'm getting a better sense of uh, you know, the ability to trust, like meaning a better uh whatever. Gaydar for trusting is what I'm going to call it, even though that's definitely not the politically correct version. But the point is like I got you know. You trust enough people, you get screwed over in new and inventive ways every single time, and then you learn from it and you go, okay, well, I'll be a little bit more careful next time, but I genuinely want to make sure I can like have faith in humanity and not go down the negative path of I'm not going to trust anybody. And a lot of people do wall themselves off too yes. much. Too much, too much. Or they assume things they don't know, they don't dig in, right? Mm-hmm. They needed to dig yeah. in a little bit more. And that's what I do is, but the thing is, I don't dig into things that like, I don't super understand or that are mean or evil to me. I just dig into the people that show up. Right. Yeah. You showed me a great time. I don't know how the hell I snuck into the group of people that uh, got to go around and do fun stuff. But <laughs> there was a lot of people there who were offered like, Hey, you should come out to the thing we're doing. And they're like, I'm tired or whatever. And who yeah. the hell knows? But um, but when I see people who are like my kind of vibe, I'm, I'm loving it. I didn't even know what you were going to be doing at the end. Yeah. Because most of the time uh, you were just just hanging around. Yeah. You know, absolutely. a lot of your stuff came at the end. I think the last day. Did you do anything before the last day of podcast? Um, I'm not 100 breath Officially? No, I didn't officially do it. I went there as a free bird. Yeah. And I was like, this is awesome. He's a free bird. Yeah. Um, so being a guest on the show, you get what you might have gotten in person, which is a get out of fail free card. So I'm gonna hand this to the internet to you. Bleep. And then now you get to use this. What would you do? What would you use this for if you could not fail at something? So let's say it could be anything. You could be an astronaut, you could be a movie star, you could be a 
anything, but it's something that you've wanted to do, or at least have thought would be something that's cool, but there's too much failure involved. And so you'd use the get out of fail free card to bypass that in order to make it easier. Yes. If I could use that, get out of fail free card, it would be sports. I knew it. What sports? Football? Football and wrestling. Yes. Okay. And that's because you used to be doing those things. And then what happened? I got uh, diagnosed with a neck condition. Uh, my top vertebrae is fused in my skull. And then my my um, bottom vertebrae is fused to, I believe it's called my cer- uh, cervical something. But basically, top and bottom vertebrae are fused. And they told me that uh, I basically I could never play sports again. And my parents invested in second opinions um, uh-huh. from experts and multiple second opinions. And they all told me the same thing. And I went to Ohio State University. Um, back it up, freshman, I was uh, essentially starting to be recruited after going to Michigan University and um, pinning their person who already committed to Michigan University uh, in a wrestling tournament. Mm-hmm. Uh, invite only. Invite only. It was um, wrestling camp, and at the end, it was a tournament. That's how they do the recruiting. And um, I went through high school. My entire like my name was ripped. Like I was, I was the. I was an athlete. I was the only black kid in all white school. Well, you're jacked. Even now you're jacked. <laughs> I was I was a superstar. <laughs> and that got taken from me. And I had to go through high school, uh, the rest of high school, and not be in sports. And I went to Ohio State University and I decided I wanted to walk on the football team two days before walk-ons. Um, I gotta go to the, you know, get medical clearance. I told them in the past, here's what happened, but I'm an adult now, I can make my own decisions. They, they had, had sat me down after I got my results uh, from the MRI CAT scan, and I um, I was told that I was overdiagnosed, and I could have played football and wrestled the entire time. And uh-huh. yeah, the second opinion- I'm pissed. Yeah. The second opinion was was fearful of their license. This is a, you know, a kid, a teenage boy who essentially has a neck condition. They, one doctor already said no, and that set the-, the the record for the other two and we go to Ohio state. That's the best medical facilities. Right. Mm-hmm. And, uh, they told me I could have played all along. And, um, wow. that was, that was a fail part for me. And so even though I love, and I appreciate the life that I live and this is the life I'm supposed to live, but like mm-hmm. I have nightmares still to this day. And the nightmares are not the dream itself. It's after I wake up from the dream. So when I wake up from the dream, I realize that it was just a dream. But in the moment, I am on the field. I am playing football. And um, and I wake up and it was like the worst nightmare ever. And I've had this dream two to three times a year all my life. And it's a specific dream. I can tell you every moment of the dream. I talk about this dream from the stage often. And mm-hmm. it sucks. It totally sucks. Um, <clears throat> but Still? You still have the negative self-talk around it? Yes, I, I, I well, still have the dream. Why, okay, so curious, why do you still have that when you're doing so much positive change in other people's lives that would not have happened via football and wrestling? Uh, is there a way to reframe it so that you're doing actually more than you ever could have done? No, I embrace the suck. I mean, I, 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 I embrace the but suck. You're doing great. You're not sucking. You're doing awesome. It's just you had to give yeah. up the dream of what you were going to do, but still. Exactly. I don't sit around and dwell on that at all. Zero. Mm-hmm. However, as soon as I get up, it's a nightmare. Gotcha. Because you're still dreaming about it. I'm still dreaming about it. 
I'm still dreaming about it. Um, but it's why don't you be like a coach or something? Can't you be like a? <laughs> oh man, there's another. There's a story around that. So um, I could be. I could be a coach, um, and that may potentially happen um, one one day. Um, but uh, I am a coach. Like I didn't go pro as you know as, as an athlete, but I went. Mm-hmm. Pro, I went professional, right? I'm. Yeah. I'm. I made it in my own league. If yeah. that makes sense. And I teach other people to do the same thing. Yeah. You're a different kind of coach. Yep. But I would say a better kind because I don't even like sports. No offense <laughs> to you and the rest of the male population. Uh, <laughs> I'm in Kansas City and I was barely watching that Kansas City game where they, where they went, where they won to go to the Super Bowl. I was like, oh, it's tied. It's 20 seconds left. Cool. Yeah. I, um, I, yeah, I veto the sports suit myself. I don't, I mean, I'm not, I didn't even know who's going to the Super Bowl. I'm going to be, I'll be in the, the Chiefs are going. Okay. So, yeah. and I'm in Kansas City, Missouri. So, I mean, it's ridiculous that I don't care. But in Florida, nobody cared either uh, that they won. But um, so, okay. So, you'd use it to do sports, to do specifically would be football or wrestling. Which one would you want to be top dog in? I would definitely say football because you don't ever hear about the Olympians. I mean, when I was a kid, I dreamed of being an Olympian wrestler, right? Uh-huh. Um, now football's more cool, right? <laughs> That's more. Fun. Yeah. What position did you play, or would you play? Running back, fullback. Mm. The guy they trust with the ball when it's like, yeah, you know, you got to. I, I could bet. I bet you could get through everybody. I don't know what that sucks. They really screwed you with that whole neck thing. I know. Trust me. I. I yeah. I, I agree. <laughs> <laughs> I, I totally right. agree, but I was destined for other things, so it's all good. Yeah. Um. So instead of fake it till you make it, I hate that. I like fail it till you nail it. So, what's the next thing that you're gonna do that you're not so sure of how it's gonna work out, but you're gonna fail it until you nail it? Yeah. Um. I'm doing this really cool thing called Destination Unknown. I went Ooh. to, I went to a um a retreat called Profitable Retreats, and I was a panelist at the retreat. And I'm mm-hmm. used to filling people's cup up all the time. It's very rare that I get my cup filled, but it's okay because yep. you know you my, my, my cup. I got feel like it's overflowing. Yep. And um, I got my I got my cup filled. I went there as uh, one of the panelists, and I came out like doing this thing. And I don't, you know, I, I don't know failure because at the end of the day, I don't take failure as a fail. I think take it as a learning, right? So mm-hmm. I'm like, I'm gonna launch this thing regardless and i know it, i'm gonna win and it's called destination unknown it's a destination unknown <laughs> it's a business retreat and yep. it is for people who want to start a business or people who have a business and it's people who love surprises okay so <laughs> what's going to happen is is that we're going to go somewhere international and you know we're basically you don't know where you're going okay oh, this is cool so, so each week leading up to this moment, right? When you get to the airport, you're going to be sent a, um, a flyer that sh- shows you what to pack. So you may have an idea of you get little inklings. Yeah. So two times per week, something comes and you show up at the airport and then you find out where you're going and we're going international and mm-hmm. it's top, top. It's, ex- it's yeah. extreme once in a life. Have a passport. Make sure you got your yes. paperwork. <laughs> Whatever. Exactly. And so so basically, everybody flies to this destination, and there's only 20 people total. Um, as you know, I'm obsessed with music, and um, so I had sent out a survey ahead of time that says, "What is your number one genre and your number two genre?" And if you could had to have music on a five, 
through a 10, what would your number be? Five, six, seven, eight, nine, or 10. Okay. Mm -hmm. This is when you're getting creative. Well, I'm going to yep. put people into rooms that are oh. matching genres and levels of music and they're called war. Rooms. You. And um, I'm going to put the music on that, on that level. And I'm going to make the playlist for them. And for an hour, they're going to whiteboard out different parts of their business. And then they're going to present it to the group. Now, when they leave, okay, they're going to have a business plan and an accountability partner with whomever that may be. But each day there is a major surprise. Something is happening. They have no idea what's planned. We all come together, all 20 of us, and they open up their box and they read it out loud. And it may be like, pack your bags. We're You're like a reality show, but without the cameras. Is that what's happening? Because <laughs> it sounds like a whole reality show production of like, you know, yeah. finding out where they're going to go. It's like Survivor mixed with uh, yes. Bachelor mixed with like the uh, Amazing Race. <laughs> yes, yeah, exactly. So basically, I have a videographer that's coming. They're okay. going to film every step of the way. And um, we will never ever go to that destination again because in four more months we're going to go to a new destination and uh essentially it's going to be the exact same model but we go somewhere different and we're just building entrepreneurs and it's all inclusive um so people don't have to worry about like well how much is it going to no they know yeah. it is and uh listen i'm going all in. i went all in on this idea five days ago uh -huh. oh nice and i'm not and it, look i was it, there two months ago i oh, think wow. i told you well, yeah. yeah. Could it fail? Yep. Am I worried about oh, it? Yeah. No, it's not going to fail. I'm going to sell out in a day once I go live on March 1st. I love that it's a choose your own adventure, but you don't get to choose it. It's like a, you know, a random page is picked each time yeah. kind of thing. But it's that vibe of, you know, you don't know what's going to happen. And I love surprises. And I bet you're going to do all sorts of wacky stuff because just yeah. based on how I know how jazzed you are by it, I can tell in your eyes that you're going to do some cool things. Yeah. So, um, where can people go to find you? Where can they go to connect with you? Where can they find out about this destination unknown thing? Unless it's like, I mean, if it's 20 people, I bet it's hyper exclusive. So uh, who knows if you're even promoting it, but uh, feel free to, you know, tell people where to find you or how to connect. Yeah. So it's info at ElijahDesmond.com is my email. And my website is ElijahDesmond.com. And um, that's how everybody finds me um, there. And uh, I'm happy to help anybody. That's something that I'm to take, take pride in. And uh, it's I give ninety percent. I monetize on ten, but I give ninety percent. I help people, help build people, and uh, I don't I don't look to make a dollar off that. I do monetize on ten percent, mm -hmm. yeah. right? But I give anybody I can help in any way. Like I'm very accessible. Have you read The Go Giver? I've not. And by that I mean listen to it, or <laughs> do you like audiobooks even? Or no? No, I nope. I get lost in those two. So no, I oh. have not read that at all. It's okay. The author is on the show. So, but it's all about instead of being a go-getter, it's about being a go-giver and going and giving and not respecting anything in return. Oh, and it, and it comes back to you. Oh, can sure. I give one last little, little moment? Of course. Come up here. Um, in 2014, leading up to 14, I was on a super grind in my entrepreneur life. I rode the bus. I looked out the window of the bus. I seen, you know, the the Lamborghinis and the Ferraris and the Range Rovers. I aspired to be like that. I, I looked at all these celebrities and I wanted to be at the very top. And mm -hmm. I realized suddenly that like the top was not for me. I actually wanted to be helping people. 
And as a byproduct mm-hmm. to helping those people, I actually continued to grow myself, but focusing on helping those people. But here's the crazy thing. I went in the, the industry of entrepreneurship and in my own industry, and um, I realized I could help a lot of people. And at first, and this is 2015, I went all in on helping. Now, I was never a selfish person. I was only helping mm-hmm. myself, though, for the first five years, right? Doesn't mean that if, if somebody said, I need help, I'm the first person to help. But I didn't go seek people out to help them. Gotcha. Big difference. So I decided that I was going to start helping a lot of people. I was going to focus on helping people. In that mm-hmm. 2000 year, 2015, when I did that, I helped an insane amount of people. But what I realized coming to the middle to the end of that year is you can help a lot of people, but you should help them with a pure heart. I was helping them for the wrong reasons. I thought mm. if I helped them at some point, they would help me. Yep. And I felt that, you know, when I reached out to them, they would be able to be there for me. I realized mm. very fast, six month period that I was being hurt. My, my heart was getting broken time and time again. How can I pour into somebody so much? And then when I asked for something back, it was like a complete letdown. And I realized I was giving for the wrong reasons. I wasn't yes. giving purely. And so I was giving with expectation of return of return. And I completely switched it because there was a feeling that I got all the time. And it was the feeling of helping somebody is just the best feeling ever to know you can leave an impact and help someone. Mm-hmm. That was what I got. That was what I selfishly got is knowing I made an impact. I stopped looking for anything in return. And I started this giving thing and I'll never see this person again. I'll never communicate yep. with them. I don't need anything from them. Do you know that my heart has not been broken since 2016? Because every time that I give, it's pure. I don't need anything back. I'm in a really good place. And as the years went on, I continue to grow. And yeah. so I'm not, I don't ever need anything. And that's the best feeling ever. I don't need anything. I just want to help. Yeah. I just want to give an impact. And that was the best thing that I've ever did in 2016 is change the giving style. Absolutely. You should definitely try to uh, listen to that. It's not that long. It's a story kind of format, but also I'm sorry that I broke your heart when we had to part ways um, in Florida. Cause I'm not, I know that must've taken a heavy <laughs> toll on you, <laughs> but, uh, but the, the, the go giver thing is also like, so you're right. Give without expectation, but also at some point you got to be able to receive yeah. because be open to receiving because if no one's receiving, no one can give. So like, that's like the fifth part of it is like, you're not going to respect anything, expect anything back from that person. But you also, when people want to give to you, you got to be open and willing to receive that. Yes, absolutely. I love presents. <laughs> I don't get them hardly ever, but when I get them, I'm like, oh, I appreciate yeah, so you. So gift giving is your love language? Oh, no, memories. Memories. So uh, what's that, quality time? Mm, no, experiences. Like going, doing an, ex- having an experience like that. Yeah. There's five love languages. I, I'm just trying to figure out which one. Um, of all, what is my love language? Uh, it's appreciation. Yeah. It's a, okay. It's a, so it's words of affirmation. Um, I don't know if I would call it words of affirmation, but could be yes. It's a, if there is a love language that's called appreciation, that is my love language. Period. Um, as far as I know, there's five. There's um words of affirmation, gift giving, um, there's uh quality time. There's uh shit. I'm gonna forget the last two, but either way, it seems like yours is words of affirmation, meaning you like to hear good things, like 
back you like good feedback about the impact you had on people which i'd say would be under that category of words yes. of affirmation yep understood affirmation is definitely going to be it then yep yeah and gift giving is awesome so I, I like to receive gifts and i like to give gifts but it's weird to have gift receiving be yeah what you want to say because you're like uh it feels too selfish but anyways thank you so much for i know you have a hard stop here so thank you so much for joining the podcast for being vulnerable and um i will figure out a way to uh to get into this destination unknown thing i'm going to sneak my way in uh through the back door or the front door whatever door it is i'll i'll figure out i'll solve the riddle and i'll i'll meet you there or something yes <laughs> you figure out where it's at <laughs> <laughs> well it was a pleasure and i hope uh you have a great rest of your day and uh, i hope everything goes well in egypt and everywhere else you go yes thank you brother we'll talk soon sounds good take it easy bye-bye would you like to be more efficient productive and confident in your work at the office over 750 million people worldwide use Excel, yet it's still a misunderstood and frequently misused tool. That's why I created Excel Exposure, so you can work smarter and not harder. The Excel Essentials course gives you over five hours of in-depth video lessons, plus it comes along with my master workbook, which has every function, shortcut, and all the examples to follow along. Investopedia actually included my course in their list of six best online Excel classes of 2021 saying it's best for visual learners. As someone who's an expert in failure, I can certainly teach you and your team how to avoid spreadsheet failures and create bulletproof Excel documents. Use the coupon code FAILURE for 20% off of the lifetime access price. Visit ExcelExposure.com for more information and also my existing award-winning free training. Thanks for joining me on the Failure Guy podcast. If you enjoyed it, feel free to tell somebody. And don't forget, always try to fail it till you nail it. Till next time.